All right. Okay, it's uh, 10.30 this morning, and I think uh, it's time for us to get started. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you for um, having the curiosity and uh, joining me this morning to kick off your Modex show. Um, I know it's going to be an exciting week. Um, I actually used to work in manufacturing, and so as I was walking through the showroom, I got really excited to see everything um, here. Um, today, what we're going to talk about is uh, mobile technology and machine learning tools for supply chain, distribution, and uh, production. So my name is Debbie Baldwin, and I am a senior product manager at Acumatica. So after this presentation today, if you'd like to learn more about Acumatica, then please come see us at our booth. We're just literally right around the corner here, booth number 8275. So booth number 8275, and then I'll have um, that on my last slide as, as a reminder too. So um, I'm actually here uh, in Atlanta, um, in coming actually, and I've been here for the last 18 years, uh, and prior to that, I lived in uh, Mississippi. So I am a Southern girl, and um, I just wanted to, uh, when I was thinking about doing this presentation, I thought about when I first started in uh, implementation. And my very first implementation role from Mississippi was in South Jersey. And so I know a lot of you are not from the South, and maybe you can uh, relate to this, but uh, I went to South Jersey, and we had our kickoff meeting, and we're all in a room. And uh, one thing that the customer was going to implement was the configurator. And so the guy that was going to do the implementation for the configurator stood up. He was from France, and he said, okay, you know, my name is such and such. I know my English is not that good. If I need a translator, then just let me know. We can, we can get a translator. And so then it's my turn. I stand up and I introduce myself, say my name, say what my role is going to be in the project. And I see this hand go up in the back and it's the CEO. And he says, uh, and I said, yes. He goes, so who's going to translate for you? <laughs> So anyway, hopefully uh, you guys don't have any trouble understanding me, but um, if you do, or if you have any questions, then feel free to come up to me after the presentation. I'd love to, to talk to you even more. So the way I'd like to kind of go through this presentation is I'd like to start off with talking about the digital transformation. We're going to do a little history lesson, and we're going to look at the history of manufacturing all the way from industry 1.0 to industry 4.0. I know a lot of you hear industry 4.0, but what does that really mean? Um, and then we'll talk a little bit about industry 5.0, what that's going to mean for us in the future. And then we'll look at how the uh, digital transformation is ac actually affecting our industry today. And then at the end, we'll take a look at how we're using mobile artificial intelligence and machine learning um, in our factories. Okay, so if we take a look at where we've come from as far as manufacturing, this all started way back in the 1800s. And in the 1800s, then, we used water and steam to power machines. And by the use of water and machines to power, uh, water and steam to power machines, we were able to automate the processes a little bit more and help 
the employees to do things a little bit faster. So this is where manufacturing kind of began. It moved from cottages where people were making things for themselves and maybe for their neighbors to broadening their horizons. And now they were making things for people outside of their community where they now had owners and they had employees and they had managers. So it all started back in the 1800s. Then moving forward to the 20th century with Industry 2.0, then we replaced um, steam with electricity. Now, when we started to use electricity, this is when we were able to focus that power for on individual machines or which machines that we, we wanted to focus the power on. And then later on um, in the 20th century, then those machines actually had their own uh, power supplies. At this time, with Industry 2.0, then we also started to take a look at, okay, I have a worker, I, he, I'm manufacturing something, and he is building this thing from beginning to end. So how can I make that more efficient? How can I speed up that process? So they started to take a look at how to divide up that labor. If I'm making this widget, then maybe it takes four steps, and I can have this person do this step, this person do this step, this person, and that's where assembly lines came into play. So that all started in with Industry 2.0. Now, the last two decades of the 20th century is where we started to, um, electronics were invented. Things like transistors, things like the circuit chip. And then we were really able to automate those machines where now they're taking the place of those employees that are, those operators that are out on the shop floor. So, um, at this time with Industry 3.0, then this is where the software companies really started to boom. Um, you know, you see all the ERP companies cropping up, the companies that are selling CRM, all of those different types of software. But also during this time at the end of the 20th century, then costs became a really big factor. So you started to see uh, manufacturers move their... Um, operations to other countries. With this came its own set issues. So now I have a company that is maybe in the US, maybe China, maybe Mexico, Dominican, all those different places, and it's really hard to have visibility into my operations across all of these different factories because they're not right here in my backyard. So what do I do about that? So then we move to Industry 4.0. Industry 4.0 is 21st century. We're still here in Industry 4.0 today. And this is where we started to solve for that problem with Industry uh, 3.0. And um, I don't know if that's me. Um, so <clears throat> then we started to take a look at, okay, with the internet and the internet of things, then how can we streamline and put all of our um, technology together so that now we have more visibility into our operations? So that's where we are today. We started using things like the internet. We started using the cloud. We started using, some people are using robotics. Some people are using artificial intelligence. Some people are using machine learning. So all 
where we are today. So now that we're in um, Industry 4.0, then, uh, then we start to take a look at um, kind of where we're going. And so the next phase is going to be um, Industry 5.0. And what does that mean? So with Industry 4.0, we focused a lot of time on replacing the operators with machines or helping the operators by bringing a lot of data to them and helping them to make decisions faster. And so Industry 5.0 is now on the horizon. And just to be honest, I'm, I'm just amazed, you know, every single day how much technology is changing. And, um, you know, it just seems like you, you learn something new, you use your mobile devices, and now we're on to artificial intelligence. So things just keep growing and keep growing. And a lot of visionaries are saying now that Industry 5.0 is going to be where we're putting the humans back into the equation. So we still need um, the ability to have the human, the um, artistic side of humans uh, when it comes to making things. We still need that cognitive thinking when we're making our products. So with Industry 5.0, then we're going to start to see where we use machines or robots to do those mundane tasks that happen over and over and over that don't require thinking, or maybe cobots that work alongside of um, us in the factories. So that's where uh, we're going with Industry 5.0. Digital transformation. That's a term that we've all heard, right? But I remember when I was asked a few years ago to talk about digital transformation, and I was like, what does that really mean? <laughs> and I talked to my husband, and, um, and he, he had been uh, in the Air Force, and he had worked on uh, with radio and radio waves and things like that, and he started talking about digital. And it had nothing to do with digital transformation, but what it did, what he was talking about was how they were able to speed things up with uh, with digital with the digital technology, and so I thought, oh, okay, that's what that means. That means that people want things quicker. People need things need things faster, and technology is going to help us do that. So, digital transformation is the change, or it's the way that technology is transforming our society today. Okay, so. Think about it. I'll give you a couple examples. Mobile. Mobile. Who could have known what mobile was going to do for us 10 years ago? I mean, I remember, you know, I texted, I called with my mobile phone. And now we've gone from that to having our mobile phones uh, have GPS. They have all these different applications that we can load onto our smartphones that help us in our day-to-day -day lives. I don't even know what I would do. <laughs> without my mobile phone, and we're all frantic. If we lose our mobile phone, it's like, oh my goodness, you know, how do I even go about my day without my mobile phone? So if you think about the way that mobile, a mobile phone has transformed our society, that is uh, one definition of digital transformation. Another thing is artificial intelligence. Look at Alexa. Alexa is very common now in our houses. Um, who would have thought, you know, even three years ago that probably 
60% of us have Alexa or we use Alexa in, in some form. And so technology just keeps creeping in, not only in our business, but also in our everyday lives. So digital transformation is that change that we all feel because of technology. So CEOs are looking at um, digital, the digital transformation and they are starting to realize, in fact, 85% that if they don't start to adopt some of this technology, then within the next couple of years, they're going to get left behind. Their competitors are going to, um, you know, outcompete them, if you will. So the CEOs and the decision makers, they're starting to think about how can I use this latest technology in my company? So digital technology, the digital transformation, it's really affected the way that um, our companies are running today. So not just manufacturing, but distribution, a supply chain. And these are five key areas that they have impacted us. The first is a shift in buying behavior. So I don't know about you, but when I go to the internet now and I buy something, then I really want to control my experience. And technology has really helped us to be able to do that. So we can go online, we can tell, um, we can order something, we can track it all the way from the time that we order it until we receive it. And this is just from a consumer standpoint. In our businesses, your customers want the same thing. They want to be able to go online, or if they can't go online, then if they order something from you, they want to be able to personalize whatever it is that they're ordering. Um, and they also, they expect you to be able to tweak things, you know, to be exactly what they want. They expect you to be able to handle that in your companies. Um, and then they also want to be able to see where that thing is all the way through the process. So now we've started to introduce um, scanners and um, sensors onto our products to help um, with that process. So there's also been a change in um, charging models. So in the last few years, you've seen that where maybe if I made a piece of heavy equipment, maybe if I was a made wind turbines, then instead of charging the company for the turbine, then I charge them for usage instead. So we give them the product, but we charge them for usage. Cloud is a perfect example of that. You know, used to, you would buy the software outright, you'd own it, you'd install it, it's yours. Um, now, cloud is the same way. You buy cloud um, or you, you subscribe to cloud and then you pay for usage. So that model is becoming more prevalent um, in the industry today. So with that model, then comes number two, a lot of complexity. So um, if you're going to be able to produce those ETO or those configure to order products, then it, it is more costly. It is because you're not repeating, you're not doing the same things over and over and over again. And now with us having a lot of factories across the globe, 
then there is also that issue of visibility into your global operations. So that leads us to number three, which is the service innovation. So service is becoming more um, important to us moving forward. A lot of companies just um, where they were satisfied maybe five, six years ago to just sell a product, now they're thinking, okay, how can I increase my service revenue um, and kind of keep that customer hooked? You know, so what can I do to be able to touch that customer? So I don't want to just sell them a piece of heavy equipment and then walk away and don't talk to them again for 10 years. I want to be in touch with that customer. I want to be everything to that customer. I want to service um, that customer. So companies are having to think about not only hiring employees that are um, going to be able to make things, but also employees um, that can actually service the products as well. So that's a, a new dimension into um, our companies today. Now we also have a very complex supply chain. So whereas maybe used to, you buy some raw materials, you make things, and you ship it out the door. Well, today, you have a pretty complex supply chain. You may um, buy materials. You may buy materials from a vendor and ship it directly to your customer. You may um, make something and then send it halfway through the process to a supplier or a subcontractor to do some work and bring it back. So there's all of these different things in our supply chain that we're having to manage. Um, and then with, the, uh, with number three, the service innovation, then we're also having to stock those um, MRO items in our inventory. And then the last thing that we've always kind of dealt with that's really not new because of um, the digital transformation is that we all want our projects um, to be profitable. But to be able to have a profitable project, then you need to be able to um, track your cost. You need to be able to make sure that your quality is good. You need to be able to manage your regulatory and your compliance items. And that's where software really plays a big part in technology. So since we have those five things that are impacting our industry today, then these are the key responses that are going on right now. Companies are learning how to do more product personalization. When, they, when you are doing um, product personalizations and customizations, you have to change the way that your R&D process works. You also need to um, get quotes out the door, and you need to make sure that you can feel, fulfill your delivery dates that you're promising to the customer. So we're having to think about when customers are personalizing their product, how do we deal with that on our end? Because customers don't care. They want what they want, and if you don't give it to them, they're going to go somewhere else. So um, that's one way. The second way is now um, pr uh, companies are learning how to differentiate on service. So they are looking at different service models and how they can um, tap in to maybe that revenue that they haven't tapped into before uh, for service. So with that now becomes number three, which is smart equipment. 
if I want to be able to ensure that um, that I am going to get that service revenue from the, my customer, then somehow I need to put some sensors or scanners on my equipment that will help customers know when it's time for this equipment to be serviced. So instead of them calling me after something is already broken, then maybe I can help my customers to be more proactive and, um, and tell them, hey, you need this, this, this is the service. If you think about your cars, we already have that today. I get a message in my mailbox that says, hey, your tires need to be rotated, or hey, it's time for your service appointment. So if we can do that in the car industry, then why can't we do that across all of our other industries as well? And then the last thing is, well, the fourth thing is, since our customers are um, now personalizing and customizing things, our customers are now becoming more like our business partners because we're having to work more closely with our customers to be able to manufacture and make things specifically for those customers. And then the last thing is to be able to maximize human potential. So we have a lot of data out there. We have a lot of decisions to make. And so companies are now starting to use software to help their um, employees to make better decisions. So these are the five areas um, that we're focusing on today. So mobility is a, a huge factor or, or a huge component of the digital transformation. Their, um, Pricewaterhouse did a survey and they surveyed about 1,300 CEOs or decision makers from um, companies and they asked them, what are your top three technological priorities for the near future? 73% of those business or decision makers said mobility. The other two right behind was cybersecurity. So you've all heard about ransomware and things like that. And then the last thing is data collection and analysis. And I kind of lump mobility and data collection and, and analysis kind of together. But um, as you can see, the, uh, the CEOs felt like those were important too. So they felt like these were the things that they needed to improve their production. So if you think about mobility, um, mobility really has changed the way that we work. Ten years ago, we sat behind a computer all day long um, and we did our work at our desk. Now, with mobility, we don't have to do that anymore. We can actually work the way that we live. So I may start off the day with my computer sitting behind a laptop, maybe looking at some analytics or maybe um, responding to some alerts or things that are urgent in the morning. But then maybe um, I might take my, my um, iPad or my tablet or my phone as I go and I visit my customer. So when I'm at my customer with my tablet or with my iPhone, then I have the ability to see a lot of information about my customer, real-time information. What invoices do they have open? Are there any issues, product issues that I need to know about? If I get a new contact, I can just key that into my phone or my tablet, and it goes right into my ERP. So I'm able to work while I'm on the road. And like it or not, <laughs> when we leave the office 
and we're sitting down in front of the television or we're at our kids' soccer game, in my case, my grandchildren, but um, at our kids' soccer game or basketball game. Then we have our mobile phones there, too. We can check email. We can answer, um, you know, if somebody needs to get in touch with us, they can. So if you think about it, companies are getting a lot more work out of us because we are mobile, like it or not. So mobile, is, um, mobile devices are everywhere. But the three main objectives that companies have when they are looking at mobile devices for their employees is number one, of course, is for their employees to go paperless. So if you walk into a factory and somebody's walking around with a pen and paper, or you see somebody keying a, a long string of numbers into the computer, well, that's pretty troublesome these days because they can just scan that information into their computer. So companies are looking for paperless, uh, paperless real-time information, being able to track and trace information with their mobile devices. The second thing is they want their employees to be agile. So they're looking for um, purposely purpose-built applications by role. So if I am a salesperson, then I want a purpose-built application that allows me to put leads, opportunities, contacts into my mobile device. If I am a um, shop floor operator, then I need the ability to move material from one place to the, to the other with my mobile device, whether that be a phone or a scanner. If I am in shipping, I need to be able to ship things just by scanning. If I'm in receiving, I need to receive items in by scanning. So that's what they're looking for. And then, of course, they want to be able to improve operations. They want to reduce costs. They want to improve their quality. And then um, if you have mobile devices on your guys out in the field, then you can improve your aftermarket service. <clears throat> so the need to be more productive and more efficient and the desire for us to understand all of the information that we have um, that we, that's coming in from scanners and sensors is really driving the need for mobile devices in our, on our um, shop floors or, or within our warehouses. So as you can see here, um, I think the experts expected. People just expect that when I am um, using a, a scanning device, I'm going to be able to receive, I'm going to be able to ship, I'm going to be able to, um, to, to capture my actual labor on my shop floor. But one of the things that we're looking at at Acumatica is um, how can we expand that into other areas? And so one thing that all of you may relate to is expense reporting. You're here, and so you're probably, when you get back, you're going to do an expense report. And so how can I use a mobile device to help with my expense reporting? Well, you may say, oh, yeah, I can do that today. I can take a picture of my receipt and attach it to my expense report. Well, yeah, most of us probably can. But what if we take that one step further? So I'm going to show a video of how we're actually looking at expanding that expense reporting out um, with our mobile devices. Whether we know it or not, everybody in this room has one thing in common, and that is after this trip, we are all going to pull out our crinkled expense receipts and go out and file our expense reports. 
So what I'm going to do is walk you through a quick demonstration of how Acumatica has taken the artificial intelligence functionality, the machine learning, and pushed that into our expense receipt capture from a mobile device. So I'm going to take you over to my mobile application. Uh, this is all the native-based Acumatica mobile app. So for those of you that are new, you can find our app in the Apple Store, in the Android Store, uh, completely native to those operating systems. Now, if you look in the top left-hand side of my screen, I'm going to select my expense receipts here. And then down in the bottom right, I have that plus sign where I can actually go in and scan my receipt now. So I have this receipt up here. Oh, watch that. It's going to be blurry and it still be able to capture the recognition. So what you're going to see is that this is uh, a receipt from Las Vegas. Where else in the world could I be able to get a $9 bottle of water? And actually, <laughs> you know what? Let me do that one more time so you can see it a little bit more clearly. But it actually did pick it up if you noticed as well. Uh, there we go. So what's it, go what's it going to do there? It's allowing us to use Azure Forms Recognizer, which is part of the overall cognitive search functionality from Microsoft. And it allows us to go through millions of documents and records at once to be actually, uh, be actually able to scan all of the fields on that receipt and pick them up automatically. So if you look there, it caught the description, it caught the amount, it caught the date. If, of course, you know, one of the fields wasn't picked up, I could go ahead and select the different field I would like to change. Uh, but as I drop that into my expense receipt now, it requires me to email no receipts to myself. It requires me to not have to type in any of this expense receipt information whatsoever. It's even picking up uh, that expense item which is actually the expense item that tags back to the general ledger so that we know what type of AP liability needs to be paid out against this expense receipt. Okay, so we're starting to explore different ways and different, um, different ways that we can use mobile for different types of users with Acumatica. So the next thing I wanna show you, um, talk to you about is artificial intelligence and machine learning. So what is machine learning? What does that really mean? We've always had the ability for the last, I don't know, 20 years, uh, we had computers that actually take algorithms and they actually bring back data based on those algorithms. But where machine learning is different is that now it brings the human factor into the equation. So machine, the machine is going to suggest to us some solutions to our problem, we're going to select from their list of suggestions, and then the machine is going to learn based off of our selections. So, um, an example of that is if I was a, a company and I uh, sold wine, then if a customer calls in and they um, wanted a bottle of wine and I was out of it, then I could press a button and with machine learning, it's going to come back and say, okay, based on the region, based on the type of wine, based on the price, these are some um, substitutions. And it's going to um, give us a, an, a list of things that we could select from. And then as we select, then it learns, okay, when this happened, when this was out, then you selected this. And it starts to bring that into the equation as well. So there are some challenges for adoption. Um, one is that uh, we don't understand it. 
okay? So it's important that if we're going to use um, machine learning and artificial intelligence, that we do um, trust the answers that it's giving us. But as humans, we're very inquisitive, and we, un we want to understand, you know, why the machine is telling us certain things. And if we don't understand it, if it gives us the answer that we expect, well, then it must be right. But if it gives us an answer that we don't expect, well, then it must be wrong. So that's a problem. The second thing is human bias. So as I said earlier, the machine is going to tell me, it's going to give me suggestions on a solution to my problem. Take, for instance, the wine um, that I'm selling. But if I select something that I want, then I'm biased in that. The machine is going to pick up on my bias. And so it's going to start to bring my human bias into its thinking and sometimes make that really, really uh, grow exponentially. The third thing is that we don't trust it. So we don't trust it. If you told me, Debbie, go stand by that wall, I would be like, why? And if you told me, if you gave me a good answer, then I would do it. But if you didn't, I probably wouldn't do it. So naturally, we're untrusting, and we don't trust the things that it's telling us. And then the last thing is, for machine learning and artificial intelligence to really give us good answers, then we need a lot of data. So if, you're just, um, if you've just implemented your ERP or software, then it might take a little bit of time for you to have more data for it to start giving you really good answers. So machine learning is revolutionizing the supply chain. Uh, it's helping us to reduce our inventory because we are able to manage our inventory as it moves from one place to another. It's helping us with quality because now we can scan all of that information into, um, into our mobile phones. Um, it's helping us to implement new products into the marketplace faster because the upstream um, process has been optimized. It's helping us with our supply collaboration, and it's also helping decision makers make better decisions with all of the information that we're receiving. So I want to show you a couple of videos of how we're actually bringing machine learning and artificial intelligence into Acumatica. This first example is a way that we've used machine learning to help you find a part in inventory just by taking a picture. For the next demo, I want to switch, stay with the machine learning uh, area, but talk to you about uh, a scenario we are working with uh, Shubaka, uh, one of our customers. So for this one, we are working with uh, Google Cloud because we felt like they have the best vision, you know, kind of the image search, vision product search uh, uh, service out there. You know, you've seen image search out there, like a lot of consumer services are there, but this one required more than just the ability to search on an image. We need to pick up some attributes like brand, color, et cetera. So that's why we are building, uh, bringing some domain expertise into the service itself. So to uh, show this demo, I'm going to get some expert assistance. So I want to bring uh, Jessica back on stage. Thank you, Jessica, for being here. This is going to be the hardest demo Jessica's done all summit long, all right? So make sure you cheer up really, really loudly. So Jessica, if you can show me your boots. All right, I'm going to go ahead and take a picture of her boots. 
Thank you so much. You did fantastic on that one. All right, so you've got the photo, right? I just took. I'll say use photo. So now it's actually picking up the, the attributes of the shoe, going into our inventory, and finding the similar looking product. I mean, look at that. I even picked up the pattern on the shoe. So what you can do now is you can obviously select the item that you want to buy, keep going on. You know, for those of you that was in Nashville, you know, like all the problems I had with the boots and purchasing boots. <laughs> but, but the key, you know, one of the things we think it's a, it's a good scenario here is uh, imagine, uh, you know, somebody's working in a manufacturing floor. They're putting a machinery together. You're looking for a particular part, and you don't know what the name of it is or what the uh, uh, part ID is. You can take a picture of that part. I have the system pull up that from the inventory, so you don't have to remember all that information. Awesome? Good? All right. All right. So that's one way that we're looking at uh, using artificial intelligence and machine learning. Uh, the next video that I want to show you, and this will be the final video, is the way that uh, Acumatica is using the HoloLens to help create a punch list in construction. We are in HoloLens. This is the HoloLens uh, landing screen. I'm going to go ahead and launch the Acumatica AR app. Voice command. Create punch list. Take photo. Save photo. Priority high. Record note. Start recording. There is a hole in the wall. <laughs> Stop recording. Close interface. There you go. So just like that, that's a scenario in construction with uh, punch list, which is a concept where a uh, uh, project manager walks through a site before handing it over to uh, the customer, look at are there any final touches, issues that we need to figure out. And uh, so putting on an all the lens, walking through the site, taking a picture, and giving some voice uh, in a command. And all that data goes into Acumatica. I can show you the punch list. It gets created in um, and submitted. So pretty easy use case, hands-free. Uh, so you don't have to mess around with uh, you know, keyboard and so on. OK, so as you can see, um, we are starting to use technology more and more in our factories, in our companies. And um, when we're thinking about manufacturing, then you know, what's next? What's next for our manufacturers? So um, what's next is that manufacturers are now starting to embrace technology. And so this is going to lead to better connectivity. So better connectivity of information inside your four walls and also better connectivity outside your four walls because now we're starting to use sensors and scanners and things like that on our, um, on our products. And then the second thing is, which really blows my mind, is with the use of robots now, some companies that just have tasks that are just really mundane, that don't require any human inter intervention, they're looking at having factories that are lights out, meaning that they don't have to turn any lights on, they don't have to have use any power because the robots are actually doing the work. So um, that's kind of where we're going in the future. So 
you know, even though we are becoming more efficient, even though we are starting to adapt technology, manufacturers are typically known to be slow adopters of technology. Um, a lot of companies are still resisting to make um, investments into new technology. But as more and more of your competitors are starting to adopt techno technology, then it's going to kind of force us to kind of come along for the ride, if you will. So I just want to leave you with one thing this morning, and that is, um, in the words of Henry Ford, if you always do what you always did, then you always get what you always got. So with that, um, I want to challenge all of you to uh, think outside the box this week. I know this is the star of your show. Um, go out there, talk to your vendors, uh, find, um, see if there's anything that's going to help you this week in your day-to-day -day businesses. Um, here's my contact information if you have any questions and you want to talk to me. If you, you want to know more information about Acumatica, please go to www.acumatica.com. And our booth is literally, I could throw a rock or a ball to our booth. It's booth number 8275. So we'd love to see you over at our booth. Come and talk to us and have a great show. Thank you so much.